0: EM board bombs. Now, here's doctors Iltafat Hussein and Blake Briggs.
1: Hey, welcome back to another EM Board Bombs podcast, where board studying is more enjoyable. I am il Hussein joined by Dr. Blake Briggs. For every 10-15 minute episode, we give you high-yield board knowledge, also just some good content. We like to say come for the stems, uh, but stay for the content, and also to help save lives. Um, <laughs> sign up on our website, EMBoardBombs.com. You can find us on Twitter at EMBoardBombs as well. Um, hey, Dr. Briggs, are you ready to just jump into this topic? I'm pretty excited. I'm more than excited. Probably more than you are. <laughs> Continuing on. Um, The patient is a 21-year-old American literature major who graduated from college this December. Upon graduating, he followed in the footsteps of his idol, Thoreau, and decided he wanted to live simply. So he bought an old, rustic wood stove cabin in the woods. He was further inspired by the hashtag minimalist movement that he learned about on Netflix. After one week gathering and cooking his own food in the cabin, he noticed that he had a persistent headache with occasional dizziness and confusion. He thought that it might be him um you know turning into a vegan but he thought maybe not (laughs) he's never had these symptoms before so he decided to go to the nearby ed in the ed he is hypertensive tachycardic and complaining of nausea which of the following is true a you would expect to see a rightward shift on the hemoglobin dissociation curve b the half-life of carbon monoxide with face mask is 90 minutes c headache is the most common symptom D, a common presenting sign is skin discoloration. What's up, Briggs? Correct answer here is going to be B, the half-life of carbon monoxide with a face mask is 90 minutes. I like it. I like it. So carbon monoxide is what? Let's break it down. So carbon monoxide is an odorless, tasteless gas from
0: hydrocarbon combustion. So hydrocarbon, of course, being in all pretty much industrial fields, of course, wood burning. That's that classic wood stove burning. And of course, fossil fuels. So the most common cause of exposure, and this is the one we know about from med school, right? This is right. the fire-related smoke inhalation. Think winter months. They're gonna say something that it's been cold outside. Right. Hashtag deep winter freeze.
1: Hey, listen to our last episode, right? The Chicago, yeah. the Chicago cold, right? Hashtag so. relevant. We're just <laughs> right. we're just putting everything we're together putting here. Together. One little nugget and we'll for you. we promise no more hashtags. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. maybe. So
0: the other case would be overdoses, of course. Yeah. Here are the more detailed scenarios. You need to think attempted suicides by automobile exhaust, right? Um, Winter months with indoor fire stoves, portable heaters is another classic one. Um, and then, other, you know, you got to consider the rare stuff too. Varnishes, paint strippers—they contain uh, methylene chloride, and that's you know metabolized in liver to carbon monoxide. And the thing about this is, you know, the overdoses and the chemical carbon monoxide exposure—that's going to have a much longer half-life. But classically on the test, it's going to be smoke or air. Inhalation. Right,
1: and that question stem might also defer with that, you know, fire at the factory, exactly. right, where they're yeah. going to—they're going to make it seem like the number one thing is just the smoke inhalation, where it's actually they're trying to lead you towards this. Absolutely. And there's about a thousand deaths per year making this the most
0: common cause of poisoning in the United States. So let's be clear about this so we don't get it wrong on the test. You're gonna have this question on
1: your board. That pop epi stuff, right? And you you should get this. This is bread and butter.
0: Exactly, exactly. It just takes a little memorization, just understanding the differences where they try to trick you. They're gonna say, Hey, what's the most common ingested toxin in the United States? It'll be Tylenol. Right. And then they're gonna say, What's the most common you know, accidental poisoning, environmental poisoning, it's gonna be carbon monoxide. So carbon monoxide's gonna be number one for environmental poisoning, and then actually purposeful ingestion, overdose, it'll be Tylenol. Right. So carbon monoxide, a little bit of pathophysiology. You remember this from pulmonology probably. Remember this is the gas that enters the lung and it binds like 300 times more than oxygen does to hemoglobin and there's going to be this leftward shift we are not going to go into the whole hemoglobin we're not talking about curve. the four
1: hemoglobins yeah. the s-curve <laughs> hardcore sigmoidal like, or uh, yeah yeah we're not doing that we're not doing yeah. That. yeah so
0: we're not going to worry about that it's going to be a leftward shift you just got to remember these keywords here leftward shift and that's because the tissues do not get enough oxygen here there won't be enough aerobic metabolism obviously going to get a high lactate and you're going to end organ ischemia elementary obviously. elementary yeah lactates go up with anything people sneeze in the ed i heard and lactates exactly. go up yeah <laughs> so this patient But they
1: don't go up with lactate ringers right no they and don't. we explained why i don't reference our, uh, well, yeah. i just referenced two of our podcasts
0: yeah shout out this to a great. few friends of mine who uh, think otherwise <laughs> so this patient as you may know by now has carbon monoxide poisoning as we talk about in the question. Right. Symptoms of CO poisoning. They're really variable they' the non-specific. You know, this guy has the classic board presentation, but in real life, it's really difficult. Right. You know, the, the, Another thing they like to do is they always like to say, oh, well, the dog has symptoms, too. They always go yeah. into this whole thing where the, the family dog or another family member comes in another with them. Another family member. Exactly, and they them. love yeah. mentioning that. Yeah. But that's not always a guarantee, so just know that they're extremely non-specific symptoms headache, nausea, dizziness, confusion, dysrhythmias, abdominal pain, dyspnea, palpitations.
1: So you're telling me it's not lupus you should think more (laughs) along these lines. Yeah,
0: no facial rash. Definitely could be, Yeah, you know, actually side note, in medical school, whenever I was on rounds, medicine rounds, and I had no idea what was going on with the patient, my top four differential every time was lupus number one, number two, sarcoid, number three, TB, and number four, syphilis. And the thing is, they probably loved it. They
1: they were like, well, they
0: cannot say no to it. They were like, yeah, it could be. (laughs)
1: I guess you're right. So you're responsible for a lot of overtesting. Yeah, there the was a lot of
0: ANAs measured in that hospital. <laughs> <laughs> it was public county, too. So, anyway, so the cherry red weird. lips. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. the cherry red lips part, yeah. that is really not going to be common. And you know, I think boards are getting away from that stat. Yeah. I mean, that was a med school thing you learned, but I yeah. think now now they're gonna try to trick you with the pop epi answer right. to always say, Oh the cherry red skin fighting. And, and for med did.
1: students listening on shelf, yeah, it's good to know. That's what we mentioned. Exactly. But exactly. for the board listeners out there is different, yep.
0: Yeah, and that was one of our choices. Yeah. You know, Choice D said a common presenting sign is skin discoloration. That clearly was us telling you, hey, um, no, it's not. That's yeah. a kind of class pop epi thing you have to understand. That is a extremely rare finding. That's very late, 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 late stage. Late. You're really yeah. behind the eight ball. Yeah, that might so- be the
1: pathologist who's discovering that, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so severe signs. Of course, it would be end-organ damage. So neurologically speaking, you're going to have syncope or any loss of consciousness. Right. Seizures, of course, any coma. It's pretty obvious. And then, you know, heart-related uh, end-organ damage would be, of course, MIs, arrhythmias, and then PE, and then, of course, just general lactic acidosis from anaerobic end stream you know, down end-organ metabolism. Most importantly... And this is related to real life. I think most people forget this. Yeah. You really need to think about cyanide with these people.
1: And that's what I was alluding to, right? Yeah. It's not just the smoke inhalation they should be thinking about you know, with these folks when they present. This is the common one they always like to ask on the boards, right? Exactly. And, and you know
0: they may give you both, and I've seen, unfortunately, yeah. these questions make you choose between which one's which. Yeah. And they're gonna try to give you the classic presentation, but you have to understand in real life that they both often occur together, um, and you have to realize that you have to treat both separately. And see our previous podcast, by the way, on cyanide poisoning, which yes. we did several months ago. Several months ago. It's a long time ago. It's a long time ago. We've, We've come, come a long, long way. way. <laughs> oh, look at that. <laughs> so, anyway, we're just completing each other's <laughs> sentences. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Diagnosis is made via carboxyhemoglobin levels. You know, the problem is, is that these aren't readily available. Uh, the pulse ox is absolutely not reliable. And I think most nope. people know this overestimates your oxygen levels yeah. and so chucking away at like 80 percent on the pulse ox monitor that's overestimated right because the pulse ox sensor won't distinguish what is carbon monoxide binding to hemoglobin versus what is oxygen binding to hemoglobin so pulse readers can't really differentiate between oxyhemoglobin and carboxyhemoglobin so therefore the level of carbon monoxide really doesn't correlate at all to delayed end organ right. damage and delayed sequelae um and then of course as we just said the uh arterial levels of oxygen are exactly normal because right. oxygen is entering the blood just like any other gas it's just not binding hemoglobin like it should right so carbon monoxide poisoning you know downstream labs we already talked about obviously it's gonna mean elevated anion gap metabolic acidosis and elevated lactic acidosis and that's of course due
1: to that disruption of the remember that electron transport chain Oh, geez. You mean the last part where it has to get to that oxygen? Yeah, yeah Something like that. It happens up. somewhere. Right, right, something ATP.
0: Treatment is going to be high-flow oxygen via non-rebreather mask until the patient's asymptomatic. And this is going to be most facilities, of course, don't have a hyperbaric chamber. So let's right. first, let's focus on indications for hyperbaric. And that's going to be board relevant.
1: That is board relevant. It so board is. relevant. Yeah.
0: And then we'll finish up with, you know, what's the point of hyperbaric? Right. So if you don't have hyperbaric, let's say you're at the scene or in the entrance of the ED here, the patient comes in, and you're thinking they have Carboxyhemoglobinemia. Right. You're going to hit them with face mass 100%, high flow, as best you can.
1: Right.
0: And basically, you have to flood the lungs with oxygen until it outcompetes carbon monoxide. That's the whole point of doing this. You're just outcompeting carbon monoxide in the lungs. So when do we want to do hyperbarics, Dr. saying.
1: So here are the key things, four key things that you have to remember for hyperbaric, right? All right. If they're uh, carbon monoxide, if they're COOX level, if it's, it's got to be greater than 25%, Right. And then greater than 15% if it's, uh, you know, if they're pregnant or a child. So, again, if that level is greater than 25% in general, you should consider it. Um, And if the patient's pregnant or a child, if it's greater than 15%. Uh, Sometimes it can get a little confusing if it's a smoker or whatnot, but really for boards, don't worry about that. Boards are never going to tell you that. Remember this 25% and 15%. All right, any loss of consciousness, um, that's going to kind of tails into end organ damage as well. I kind of put both of those together. So with end organ damage, you're thinking about those neuro deficits. Again, in my head, I kind of look at it like loss of consciousness as well. Um, Altered mental status. Uh, new EKG findings, such as new arrhythmias or ischemia, that's one that I think a lot of people forget. Mm-hmm. Like everyone kind of knows, oh, yes, I should consider hyperbaric for someone who's altered, uh, you know, lost consciousness and not doing well. But I think what a lot of people forget is that end organ damage part, especially from the cardiac standpoint. Mm-hmm. So they might present that patient who's got some sort of new tachy dysrhythmia. So, you know, again, end organ damage there. Um, and then pH less than 7.1. So the numbers you have to remember here are greater than 25%, greater than 15%, pH less than 7.1. I think all the other things are pretty obvious.
0: That's great. Yeah. Remember the half-life of carboxyhemoglobin too? This was one of our other answer choices, basically saying, hey, how long does this thing last in the blood? I've seen this come up a lot on board questions and board review books. So the half-life of carboxyhemoglobin at room air is about five hours, as we said way in the beginning of the show today. That's a long time. (laughs) So 90 minutes via 100% face mask. It's pretty good. It's like an hour and a half. Right. That was the correct answer for uh, today. The half-life of carbon dioxide with face mask is 90 minutes. And then with hyperbaric oxygen, it's pretty quick. It's 30 minutes. Um, so the focus of treatment is, you know, to maintain the oxygenation, as we talked about. And the main purpose of hyperbaric oxygen, this is another question they like to say, is people think it reduces mortality. It doesn't. Um, We don't really know if it reduces mortality yet. The whole point of doing hyperbaric oxygenation is to prevent these so-called delayed neurologic sequelae. And that's a really abstract term. But basically like 40% of patients they've discovered with some form of carbon oxide poisoning, they're at risk for these uh, uh, DNS, as they call it, delayed neurologic sequelae, which is really a hashtag for like, you know, catch all for cognitive deficits, personality movement changes, focal deficits, things that you don't need to worry about specifically. They're just telling you that's why we're doing hyperbaric oxygenation. That's why it has all this uh, movement with it. And that's why there's a huge debate on when do you send the patient here? And Dr. Hussein went over the indications for that for the boards. In real life, it's extremely muddy. It's very
1: different. It's extremely muddy. It's extremely, muddy. And it's extremely talk- complicated. Exactly. Because yeah. when you talk to your um, you know, transferring facility, because there are not a lot of places that have a hy- true hyperbaric chamber. I mean, just getting it started. We talked about the half-life, right? Just getting that transfer process started for a patient, it might be washed out of their system yeah. by then. So, again, don't look at that. Really look at those four key things that we talked about. And we'll summarize that at the end as well.
0: Yeah. And just finishing up, just remember at the end, you know, as Dr. Hussein was saying, this is a, a very complicated conversation and complicated medicine you're having uh, with a critical care specialist and a hyperbaric medicine specialist. Things that are not going to be on boards, but in real life, you need to consider that this is For what sure. happens. And in most shops, of course, you're going to work at in the continental U.S., you're not going to have a hyperbaric chamber. There may be one per state, maybe. Right. Sometimes in some rural areas, you may have one several states away. Yeah, There's not that much, you know, board bomb stuff today, but it's really succinct and high yield. And I'm going to quickly super just summarize yield.
1: it super, yeah. super, super. So Especially just... the pregnant one, I think, is really key. And yeah. I think where you might feel, oh, hey, I definitely got this question. Uh, but, oh, um, did not realize that subtle hint that that patient is pregnant. And that yeah. changed around the numbers I memorized.
0: Exactly. Let's summarize it really
1: here. Carbon monoxide, <laughs> high affinity for
0: hemoglobin here. Leftward shift on the hemoglobin dissociation curve. Here, you're going to have symptoms of carbon monoxide poisoning, which are very nonspecific. Severe signs, of course, would be end organ damage, suggesting what? EKG changes, right? Arrhythmias, ischemia, or ischemia either one. You're going to have neurologic changes, just as simple as altered mental status or loss of consciousness, such as seizures, syncope, coma, and then, you know, of course, PE would be an obvious one too. Remember, cyanide can co-present with carbon monoxide, especially in smoke inhalation victims. Remember that the level of carbon monoxide does not correlate to any complications or mortality. And remember, the indications here are a lot, Dr. Hussain, wrap us up. The indications for hyperbaric therapy is what? Simplified.
1: Yeah, greater than 25%, the co level being greater than 25% for everyone, greater than 15% if they're pregnant or if it's a child, right? Any loss of conscience slash, you know, and signs of end organ damage, so neuro deficits, EKG changes, and then pH less than 7.1. So pH less than 7.1, greater than 25% percent co greater than 15% if pregnant or child, and neurotypes of deficits.
0: That's right, and remember that the numbers here are for when we're giving oxygen therapy. If you're on room air, it typically lasts about five hours. If you're on a face mask, it usually is washed out in about 90 minutes, and then of course hyperbaric is 30 minutes.
1: Yeah, and I know it, it's kind of obvious uh, to give them high flow oxygen uh, via non-rebreather, but I can totally see a board bomb question where they ask you, all right, what sh- what is the best next step mm-hmm. on this patient as they're being transported, mm-hmm. or as they arrive in your ER, you know? Right. And, and really, you need to remember that it's high flow, you know, O2 via a non-rebreather. Absolutely. Mask.
0: All right, I think that's it. You wanna take us out?
1: Yeah. All right. And that's it. I think we delivered a pretty high yield board bomb. Um, This was probably worth at least three or four questions Mm -hmm. that you would see. Shout out to Ikram Erfanullah. He's one of our uh, fourth year med students. Um, He is going to be an EM resident. Uh, Super stoked that he was able to help us with this. Another EM board bomb delivered. Remember to sign up on our website, emboardbombs.com, for future episodes. Uh, What we want to do, we want to do right now, if you are not driving, open up your app, share this podcast with two to three of your individuals in emergency medicine. Let them know about us. And tell them to go to our email uh, subscriber list that they can access on emboardbombs.com. And we like to give out special reviews on topics as well. Uh, Dr. Briggs has some nice uh, one-pagers that he sends out uh, via that newsletter uh, that's pretty high yield. Uh, You can find us on Twitter at our handle, at emboardbombs.com. We still need the Instagram handle, uh, please on don't it. take it from us if you are listening to this. You know, someone probably is squatting on that already. I know? met someone on the uh, Craigslist they're working on right now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they
0: asked for $300. So I gave them uh, Dr. Usain's credit card info.
1: Oh, you did. Fantastic. Yeah. They're in they, Nepal they, they or something. Yeah, I don't they know. They like a prince yeah. from some country or anything. <laughs> <Okay>. so, <laughs> so please drop us an Apple review as well. Again, we use the Apple reviews for topics. Uh, so uh, feel free to uh, drop a topic uh, suggestion there.
0: All right. See you next time.
1: Peace.